0: Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find Sports Grid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morency, and I'm on the grid. Shout out to everybody watching on Pluto TV, Zumo TV, stir. TV. We look forward to stirring a drink uh, once again in the future at a sporting event. When will that be? Uh, time will tell, but we do have sports coming back, at least fanless uh, sports. The UFC uh, is back. Of course, we had the Arkansas Derby uh, over the weekend. That was a lot of fun. It's great to have live racing uh, back. Uh, we're going to have some live fighting. And not just uh, UFC 249, guys, uh, but uh, there's going to be uh, a card on uh, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. So, just like NASCAR, we're going to be getting caught up uh, with a plethora of fights, which is going to uh, make this uh, this show a lot of fun. And just as I'm getting uh, more into women's golf, because I don't have a choice right now, <laughs> and don't forget about Korean baseball as well. That's right. Korean baseball, full slate of KBO games. You ready to rock? Yeah, AM, right. baby. Breakfast in
1: Korea. So, yeah, 5 o'clock in the morning, get out your bacon and eggs and Korean baseball. No, you said it, but this is the thing, Gabe. Like, look at the positives. NASCAR going to be full really soon, right? Golf right around the corner, they're having matchups. They're going to have real tournaments in June. You talk about UFC this weekend, things are moving forward. We're worried about the, the big sports, but at least we got some nice appetizers to hold us off to the main course. Cause right now I was getting sick of ramen noodles and craft dinner. We need something just a little bit more. Let's just say our, our, our variety right now is getting
0: better. The Korean league um, came to terms with ESPN and um they agreed to move the games up a little bit, which yeah. I think was smart. You know, not, you know, just just a little. So 1 a.m. is gonna be the ESPN oh, game of the night. Nice. It's not that's, too bad, you know, especially if you're on the West Coast, that's, hey, no problem. That's easy, 10 it's o'clock. 10 o'clock. Yeah, exactly. exactly, so and that's something, it's a start. They're gonna have their, um, their regular crew doing the game and stuff too. So it's gonna be good stuff. The ESPN guys, they obviously, they're not going to Korea uh, to do it. That's something that's gonna be part of the future of sport as well. Television networks were already trying to cut down on cost before, as it was. And, you know, the San Francisco Giants were doing it. Other teams have been doing it in which they weren't even sending people on the road anymore. They were doing the games out of their local studios. And I think that's going to really be something in which it'll be cost effective for networks. They're going to be happy. They're going to get some lost revenue back. You know, there'll be a new new norm, so to speak. But um, that's one of the things that there's going to be a thought process of. To limit the amount of people that are at the stadium and to limit the amount of people that are needed uh, to broadcast the event, it'll be easier to have the broadcasters not on the premises anyways. Yeah, no, Gabe, it's it's
1: funny. Like, you know, when I used to uh, do highlights and stuff, even when we're working at Sportsnet, uh, Craig Forrest, the Team Canada goaltender at the time at Dobson, that's what they did. They had a broadcast booth for those guys when they're doing the you know the games in Jamaica and stuff. Instead of Canada versus Jamaica, they were in the studio, da-da-da-da-da, do the game, boom, next versus Barbados. You can't send these guys over. Uh, that was before, too, so they're doing it with a lot of the sports, and it makes total sense now. You want to get back revenues, great point by you. You can't be flying these people all over the world now, too, and, and, and for a safety part, doing it at home or the studio
0: at the network makes sense. You know, that's one positive that uh, I actually, I'm actually happy about. I spent a lot of money on Ubers yes, um, on yeah, on a daily basis. So suddenly now I don't, all right? So yeah. that's, that's sort of a plus. So everything, there's give and take with everything. There is. There there's is. give and take uh, with everything. But I look forward to having a full slate of, uh, of games and uh, in-game live back uh, when we start doing the live in-game live uh, again, which we will. Uh, eventually, yep. once there's enough games uh, to do it. Look, at uh, NASCAR's coming back. UFC is back. The key is golf. I think you'll see tennis. The key is, you know, they're individualistic sports. Team sports are the bigger challenge, a much bigger uh, challenge. We want to welcome everybody tuning in right now on SB Nation uh, Radio. Shout out. What's up? I am Gabe Lorenzo. So we're throwing it down here with the Raging Red Cam Stewart, we got a busy uh, hour, second hour lined up. Uh, Right now, Kevin Walsh uh, will join us. George Kurtz will step up and in as well. We'll talk some football and uh, some UFC. We've talked a lot about uh, the UFC, but I think uh, we definitely have to give our condolences and a shout-out to one of the greatest coaches and classiest guys in National Football League history. And I'm speaking of Coach Don Shula, who uh, passed away. May he rest in peace. And being a Buffalo Bill fan... You know, the Dolphins were our rivals, the big rivals. The Patriots were good in those days. Yep. A big, 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 big rivalry with the Miami Dolphins and Dan Marino and Don Shula coach teams. And, man, I'm never fun playing Don Shula and Dan Marino in those days. But the thing I think of is just class, Cam. The guy was just a class act. I agree 100%. One of the best
1: coaches of all time. You want to talk about wins. Don Shula did it all. You said it. It's interesting. Yeah. The Patriots were the problem. Back then, the Bills squished the fish. Like, I remember growing up, it was Bills Dolphins and Brian Cox and uh, the Dolphins. Like, the Bills fans, really, it wasn't the Tom Brady and the hatred. It was towards the Miami the Dolphins. Bills because they were the Bills signed Brian Cox's Jr. kid. Junior. I know. Brian Cox, Jr. I was, uh, was going to text you. I go, the game's already on top of this. It's cool. The Bills actually signed Brian Cox, Jr. And Brian Cox was the one. He flipped the uh, the bird to the no, Bills fans. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the Bills fans hated him, too. It worked both ways. But, yeah, no, you said it. The Fish were the team that really gave Buffalo fits back then before the Patriots had their dynasty.
0: You know, I was just thinking, you know, back to class uh, of those coaches, just a different era. Yeah. You know, now we got Freddie Kitchens. And then you got Rex Ryan smelling yeah. people's feet and stuff Be, and calling people You yeah, can yeah. like the, the stoic Tom Landry, the classy Don uh, Don Shula, uh, Chuck Knoll. Uh, you know, just uh, great, great, great coaches.
1: Man. Chuck all yeah. those guys like you what, what is the one thing they have in common you said it gentlemen even though they were very competitive they weren't the same type of like lowbrow like you're right they had class they brought class to football very very different time gabe excellent point point. one thing
0: about don shula too and uh, props to him uh same you know remember like when we played golf you and me with mike dicka and yeah. uh, you know the reason why was through the gridiron greats for the most part because of the work that i did with them and you know, a lot of players were speaking out about, you know, we got to help former players more that have concussions and etc. concussion issues in the National Football League. But it takes big names to have your back. If it's just sort of, you know, veteran, oh, you should have saved your money more. But Coach Ditka uh, stood up. That's where all those proceeds would go. And so did Don Shula. Don Shula was very vocal that former players were getting screwed over and the league should do more. And it meant- SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time assistance continues. I am David Bresci throwing it down. SB Nation radio, the loudest station in the nation. We're kicking it with the original Redhead Cavs. George George Kurtz, Kevin Walsh do the stuff up and in and uh, join us. Talk some NFL, uh, football, some UFC. The UFC returns Jacksonville. Tony Ferguson minus one seventy-eight against Justin Gaethje. Really cool card. We talked earlier uh, for a couple of minutes extensively, actually, about Anthony Pettis fighting Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, we're going to talk about the UFC all week long, trying to find some angles, some win totals uh, as far as uh, method of victory, over/under rounds. I'm a big total better when it comes to uh, to mixed martial arts, and I'll tell you. Justin Gaethje's fights generally do not go the distance. No. All, right? like, <laughs> <laughs> All, or, nothing. All or nothing,
1: home run, right? And the thing is, yeah. he might go for the home run punch, connect or miss, and then get connected. So that's very interesting, Gabe, with Ferguson and him. You're right. It could end very quickly.
0: Well, you look at Justin Gaethje, and uh, we talked about it, 18 of his 21 wins are via knockout. Uh, listen to this, Cam. His last uh, three fights, he, haven't, he hasn't gotten out of the first round. Mm. Um, He beat Cowboy Cerrone in four minutes and 18 seconds. He beat Edson Barbosa, who's a tough guy, in two minutes and 30 seconds. He beat James Vick, who's a tough guy. Big guy, James Vick. Uh, 127 he beat him in, a buck 27 only. Uh, He lost to Dustin Poirier, who's really, really good. Poirier's a really good fighter. Um, That went four rounds. Poirier beat him. Uh, Eddie Alvarez beat him. That goes back to 2017 and 2018, Justin she's won three fights uh, in a row right now, plus 150 is an underdog. It's tempting, uh, but I'm going to hold strong right now with Tony Ferguson still, too. My concern with Ferguson is he's been in a perpetual state of training for yeah. a long time. He was training for the Khabib fight April the 18th. Now you great, have this great fight. Great observation. Right? So true. It can get tiring. Yes. It's yes. draining to train that long.
1: Good point, Gabe. That's the thing. And there's a big difference between, yeah, he's in great shape. We don't have to worry about his, his motivation. But turning it on the training to the real fight in the first time. Gabe, it's kind of like the hockey thing, right? I woke up when that guy gave me my first hit and I almost went through the glass. Yeah, that that's the type of thing. Like, he might have to get clipped and go, oh, yeah, we're in a fight now. I'm not just training here. My cardio is great and this is good. I'm actually in a fight. And you're in a fight against a guy that can kill people. So it's going to be an interesting fight. But I will say this. The way I'm going to attack this and moving forward with the break, too, uh, I really believe, you know, we talk about Cerrone going down in that fight against Pettis. I'm gonna do a lot of parlays together and get everything to plus money. That's the thing, and you know, I'm not gonna do, like put all my eggs in one basket, but I love getting plus money, and I think Pettis, I like him over Cerrone, so I'm gonna do a lot of round robin two fight parlays and hopefully clip them at plus money and make some real
0: good cash. If you look at Tony Ferguson, hard to get in front of a guy, Cam. We talk about it was hard to get in front of Nadal, the racehorse Nadal. Uh, at the Arkansas Derby, the second Derby on Saturday night, the guy was three for three. Yeah, I, I really want to get in front of it. I got him at plus one twenty, and we cashed the ticket there. Uh, but I don't really want to get in front of a guy like Tony Ferguson. Ken, the last time that Tony Ferguson lost a fight, two thousand twelve. Unbelievable. Two thousand twelve. Eight, eight, eight years. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, nuts. yeah. So like, I don't think people right. realize that. Now, some people will criticize. His opponents, But you go back in 2013, Mike Rio, Kakuno, uh, Danny Castillo, Ed Trujillo, Gleason Tebow, Josh Thompson, Edson Barbosa, Lando Veneta, Rafael Dos Anjos, Kevin Lee, Anthony Pettis, Cowboy Cerrone. That's, hey, wins are wins, buddy. Yeah, if you look at his last wins, all right. So listen, Cowboy is a little older right now, but he handles his business against Cowboy. And he beat Cowboy um, in the second round, TKO stoppage. Anthony Pettis is still an athletic, dangerous guy. He beat him. In the second round stoppage. Corner stoppage. Kevin Lee's a young, tough guy. You know, younger fighter. Tough, tough dude. Ferguson choked him out in the third round. So you notice here with Ferguson, too. You know, a couple of... All you need to know, you look at his, uh, his resume here, Kim. Uh, Tony Ferguson, last win. Cowboy Cerrone. TKO. Doctor stoppage. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Pettis. Corner stoppage. You know what, like, all right, he's getting killed here. Fight before that, Kevin Lee. Triangle choke. That's some versatility here. You know what I mean? Like, he's got, here's another one. Bravo choke. Bravo choke. Rear naked choke win. Um, Ferguson can beat you standing up and knock you out, or not knock you out, but like, you know, mess you up and knock you out, and maybe stop and bust your face up good enough for them to stop the fight. Or he's a good submission guy as well he's just coming into this trying okay. to knock Ferguson's head off.
1: Ferguson's like a slick python. He's just one of those guys, like, once he – you said it, Gabe. Like, think about the chokes and stuff like that. Once he gets a hold of you in a bad position, you're dead. Like, you are as good as dead. And that's the thing. And he actually enjoys the pain and, and the blood. Like, he's a he's an old throwback type of guy. He's a very interesting guy. But I'll tell you, I just think the fight, when I look at all – yeah, you, you brought up the point earlier – he can beat you in all the ways, but Gaethje, I think, is going to have to knock his block off. Whereas Ferguson, he can he can beat him in so many different ways. He has more uh, technique, and I think I think I'm going to follow him. It doesn't get over two dollars. Say a buck seventy five right now. I can live with that price. I I think Tony Ferguson's the way to go in that fight.
0: Yeah, we're not giving out any official picks uh, yet right now. Uh, we'll we'll do it later in the week for Friday show where we'll lock it down and we'll give you a full slate. But I do agree. We are on Anthony Pettis for sure. Yep. I like Anthony Pettis a lot. One thing with the UFC is it's good to try to wait to the weigh-in if you can. Sometimes you're like, all right, I'll take a chance here. Uh, I'll take a chance. But, you know, th- you find out stuff in the last 48 hours often when it comes to mixed martial arts. But that's why there's the value on the board now uh, that won't be there after. So Tony Ferguson, minus 178. Justin Gaethje plus 150. An interesting fight here is Henry Cejudo, who Khabib is called the best fighter in the world. Um, and and called him not just the best fighter in the world, but the best pound-for-pound pound fighter uh, ever, uh, actually. You know, look, he won a gold medal in the Olympics. He's got belts in two different weight classes in the UFC. It's hard to match this guy's pedigree. And I'll tell you what, Dominic Cruz is a great fighter. All right? Dominic Cruz is a great fighter who kind of had bad timing. He was in the, uh, the WEC uh, before they merged with the UFC, and he was just coming on. He displaced Uriah Faber except he's not as popular as Faber. Faber's a likable guy. Dominic Cruz isn't, right? So he never really became that star, even though he's one of the greatest fighters of all time, I think, Dominic Cruz. One of the most intelligent fighters of all time. He really is smart. And listen, he hasn't fought in, in like, 48 months or something. All right? Uh, 41 months. 41 months since he's fought. Almost four years. Yeah, 48 months since he's won a fight. Wow. So the thing is, though, Ken, Dominic Cruz... Has often had injuries and been away and come back and look good. You know, they talk about ring rust or cage rust in this effect. He doesn't think it's real. He's going to be refreshed. Uh, but the thing is, just Henry Sohudo, you talk about wrestling, it's a gold medal wrestler. Like it's impossible not to find yourself get taken down by him. It's impossible. What's Cejudo? What are the odds there? He's got to be a It's surprising. But it's my- only minus 215. I would have made, so, I would have thought about 280. When you think what, about 300, because that's what it opened up at. Yeah. And people are buying into Dominic Cruz because they think he's healthy right now and he's refreshed at 35. That's a tough task, and I want to take. I'm trying to talk myself into it, but I just don't think we can. And I'll tell you what, Gamble not even hiding, and he said it's one of his biggest plays basically in a long time. He's going all in on Cejudo, and you know Gamble,
1: we've done shows with him. He hates taking favorites way more than me. Like, So if he's there, he's got a plan, Gabe. You know you know Gamblu. Like he loves that parlay playing pukes. Like he's gonna put something together. So I guess he's gonna do some parlays with Cejudo in there and try to get him to plus. But if he likes them
0: at that price, I gotta think uh, that might be the play. The thing is with uh, what Henry Cejudo is, Kemp, he's a world-class, and literally when people toss around the term world-class wrestler too, uh, too loosely at times, uh, but he really is an Olympic gold medalist. And on top of it, Three of his last five wins are via knockout. He can do it all. Yeah. So he's <laughs> added he's added a stand up game to his arsenal. That was the problem earlier in his career. If he fought like he lost to Demetrius Johnson, you remember Demetrius Johnson? Mighty Mouse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was impossible to lay your glove on. Like dude, he was so fast. <laughs> he could yeah. So Hudo couldn't take get to him to take him yeah. down type thing, right? So Hudo <laughs> finally figured it out. I got to knock this guy out. Like, I can't just rely on I got to, I got to, like, get better standing up. And he has. And he displaced Mighty Mouse. He beat Dillashaw, who's got good stand up, Ken. Dillashaw's a tough kid that can throw. He, he beat Marlon Mraz. Same thing. Like, Cejudo is that good right now. And what I, you know, I like Dominic Cruz. I got a lot of respect for him. I think he's really smart. I think he's got a great fight IQ. He's got great fight angles and everything. Uh, but I think it's just going to be too much of a task uh, for him against uh, against Henry Cejudo. Uh, and Cejudo comes in 33 years old, but not quite as beaten up as uh, Dominick Cruz is um, over the years. All right, uh, so we're going to talk some NFL uh, football. It's been great talking UFC. We're not done talking to UFC because there's that many good cards uh, uh, coming up. Bring it. Grim Reaper in Florida was unimpressed, all right, with the Florida beaches uh, being uh, open any amount of people uh, there. So the Grim Reaper showed up uh, to the beach. And uh, of course, he's a, he's a lawyer. He's a local attorney. And he's got billboards everywhere with him as the Grim Reaper. And he's getting a big pop out of this. Uh, but he is concerned about the, the lack of safety uh, that's going on. So he did an interview. (laughs) He did an interview where he's talking. And he's very like, when when she said that we're going to interview the Grim Reaper right now, I thought, all right, this is going to be good. But then it didn't make sense, Mike. He was too smart. Like, you know what I mean? He was talking. I'm concerned about my daughter's safety. And there's really just too many people here. And people don't socially distance. And, you know, I've got a problem. And and call the local city council. Like, he was very elusive. He didn't lean into the bit. No, he should have been. But the thing is. So she starts talking after, and he gets behind her, and he starts, like, waving. the. <laughs> he starts behind her. Then he was playing the bit, and I was actually concerned. I actually happened to see it live, like, basically, like, moments after it happened on TV, all right, because it popped right away. Yeah. And I saw it, and when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this guy really could, like, just chop this, like, lady's head off right now. Yeah. Like, she's looks talking. Looks like a real sickle. He's... He's behind there with a sickle. He's like, he's leaning in after, and he's playing into it. Uh, And people are having fun with it on the internet right now, but it doesn't get any better than uh, Weather uh, and uh, Reporter, seven solid innings from DeGrom, Grim Reaper lurking behind Mets bullpen.
1: (laughs) I mean, no bullpen has supported a starting pitcher less than the Mets bullpen over the last two years. At least he's got a couple of awards out of it.
0: Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, I just, I bought a Met jersey. I got a chance to, uh, I wore it once. I wore it once. I was, uh, it was on sale at Models. 40 bucks. How could I refuse? Yeah. And, I didn't know, uh, you, ha- you, you have sort of supported
1: the Mets since you've been here. You can't, you're not going to come down here and jump on the Yankees, but you've been a supporter of the Mets. You backed well, them last big, year. Big supporter. Yeah. Well, wow, yeah. I'm
0: a big fan of the Mets.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, no, no, I do support. That's support,
0: right? The Yankees, the Yankees don't need my support. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. There's the enough fans. I like the Mets players. I like their uh, their scrappiness. I like their their underdogness. Yeah, I, look. Yeah, they they are a perpetual
1: underdogs. So yes, in that sense, you can always root for. You're laughing. i you saying. That. <laughs> I am. I'm a Yankees fan.
0: Of course, I'm gonna oh, laugh. Whatever. <laughs> Who's been in the World <laughs> Series more recently? The Mets. It's been a bad decade for the Yankees. A bad, by the way, a terrible run. <laughs> Game time decisions continues. Get on the grid at SportsGrid on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Sports Rage, SB Nation Radio. Let's do this thing. We promised some cowboy talk. Let's bring in uh, one of many Dallas Cowboy uh, fans in the city of New York, uh, front runners, as I like to uh, to call them. George Kurtz steps up and in. How you doing, George? I'm doing well, Gabe. How about you? And uh, you know, because I I told the story earlier on the on the program. I said, man, there's there's literally tens and thousands of um, of cowboy fans in in new york city that are also yankee fans who conveniently became yankee fans you know because the yankees were good in the 70s or at least the late 70s and the cowboys were right um so yeah, that's i think there's something to it here george and like i said you took offense when i called you a front runner for being an islander fan but they were winning all the time when you were a kid
2: yeah, I mean, for me, uh, my my father was a Yankee fan, so I grew up with that. That was an easy choice. Uh, it's the only, th- really, the only thing my father and I agreed upon with the Yankees, <laughs> it, it was. We didn't re- agree on much else. He, but he wasn't a football fan, Gabe.
0: Okay, you,
2: yeah. You know, in the '70s, Gabe, the Giants and Jets sucked. They were bad teams here. So back then, what were the, what were the hot teams back then, Gabe? Pittsburgh, Denver, yeah. Miami, Oakland, Dallas. Yeah. I think those are the, the big teams you would root for. Minnesota the, went to a bunch of Super Bowls Minnesota? and lost. Yeah. Sure. Do you know any Minnesota fans? I don't think I do. No. Not many. I know a few. I, I, my be, One of my best friends is a Detroit Lion fan. No idea how that happened. All right. <laughs> well, it's and, like me being a Buffalo
0: Bill fan. It's like, why? <laughs> like, why? But I'm not, you know, I like the Bills as a kid, even though they didn't win. As you state, I grew up watching those bad Jet games and bad uh, Jet teams. My memory of Shea Stadium and the Jets was always like, "Why is there so much garbage on the field?"
2: I remember, you know, you're watching on football Sundays. You wanted to cry. This, once again, folks, this is in the '80s. You had no, no phones, no computer. But when the one o'clock game was Jets Colts, oh, yeah. and the four o'clock <laughs> game was Giants Cardinals, that's what we got here. No doubleheader. You got Jets Colts, Giants Cardinals. You wanted to hang yourself because there was, was all these other football. good games going on. <laughs> when they came out with a 10-minute ticker, remember that? It's like, yes, every 10 minutes I get to see something else. It was the greatest thing ever.
0: Well, one thing that the way used to be in the old days, too, is college football used to um, have the AP vote. The coaches poll, the AP voters, and they determined champions like that. Imagine. And then they went to a computer system, and uh, now they actually have a, uh, a 14 playoff. So you know it's evolved over the years, but I remember years ago, people would get mad. How can you do this? And how can you have voting? And all oh, the teams are tied because you have multiple teams that are undefeated, and there'd always be controversy. And uh, the the powers that be at college football said, "Well, you're talking about it. And you're getting pretty mad about it, aren't you?" And uh, he said, "That's that's the point, kind of that controversy sells." And it seems like Jerry Jones likes the same. I don't know if controversy, but he likes drama. He likes to be in the news. He likes to keep the Dallas Cowboys, you know, in the news, on, on the sports sites, in the papers, et cetera. And so, listen, Des Bryant came out and said, "Hey, I don't like the signing of Andy Dalton before you take care of Doc Prescott. I've been very critical of the Dallas Cowboys. This is a conversation you and I have had over the years. And I've said, right, what did "I I point blank, I said this like a week or two ago. I said, if Doc Prescott goes down, you're not winning with Cooper Rush. And especially now, and you brought it up with all the uncertainty that's going on. It's going to be important, man. That your backups are ready to go. You never know who's going to go down and when they're going to go down. At the best of times, uncertain times right now. I applaud the move of bringing Andy Dalton into uh, Dallas. I think it's a perfect fit.
2: So, hey, Andy Dalton is from Dallas. So I'm sure he some from Texas. So I'm sure he wanted to play in the area. It makes sense. He's not challenging Dak Prescott for a starting job. Anybody who thinks that he is is crazy. He's insurance. He's insurance against injury, against getting sick, or, God forbid, Dak says, you know what, uh, you're going to franchise me, we can't sign a long-term contract, I'm holding out. That's all he is. Dak, Andy Dalton's not going to play over Dak. Uh, I'm not worried about that at all as a Cowboy fan. Dak, and I'm not, a, you know me, Gabe, I'm not a huge Dak believer, but he's a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. Honest, I don't have any doubt about that. So we criticize Jerry Jones when he won't have a backup quarterback. You mentioned Cooper Rush, Kellen Moore. He you know, he has had backups before. Matt Castle was there for a while. Brad Johnson was there. They weren't great, but Kyle. Brandon Orton. Kyle Orton, right? Probably might be the best uh, backup. They haven't for done me, all that. Well, well. The
0: best one I think of sort of was John Kittner.
2: John Kitna, he was very good at Romo, right? They got along very well together. You want a backup to be a backup. And granted, I don't know if Dalton will do that. Yeah, we don't know if he's accepted the backup role. I think he has. Well, but we he has.
0: Sure. I mean, when he looks at his paycheck, uh, he'll he'll realize he's now a backup.
2: <laughs> he's losing fourteen million, right? Seventeen million to three. Uh, but I, listen, I applaud the move as well. I think it makes sense. Dallas does consider themselves a Super Bowl contender. Well, then you need a backup quarterback. I understand Dak hasn't been signed, and that's silly. It should have worked out already. But they'll figure it out. The money seems to be done with Dak. It's all about the years between Dak and Jerry Jones. Dak wants four. Jerry wants five-plus. They'll work that out.
0: Yeah, you're right. And that's that's Jerry's MO. Let the drama build. Let people start to get worried about it and talk about it all the time. And then he ends up taking care of the player in the end uh, anyways. And I think we'll, we'll see the same thing. I'm looking now uh, at the current odds uh, right now to win the NFC Championship. San Francisco 49ers are the favorites, uh, plus 460. New Orleans Saints, plus 650. Wow, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and all that love with Brady and Gronk and everything—they're the third choice at plus seven hundred right now. Dallas Cowboys plus eight fifty, Philadelphia Eagles ten to one—that's the battle right there. And where do you do you see the Giants in the mix yet, or are they still a couple of years away?
2: They're at least a year away.
0: That in defense division, is still horrible. Uh,
2: no, that that defense is still horrible. I think they can score with anybody. All right, you got Barkley. I think Daniel Jones will make progression. Won't so I'll turn the ball over as much. They can score, but they can't stop anybody. They're going to play a lot of over games, man. 35-31 games for the Giants. And we know Washington's not there yet. The division is between Washington, uh, between Dallas and Philadelphia. I thought Philly had the edge up until the draft. Then I think Dallas might have passed them uh, with the draft picks uh, that they made. If, the, if, and it's a huge if, of course, if Trayvon Diggs can play, can he cover? If he can, I think I like Dallas. If he can't, then Dallas is going also going to play a lot of high-scoring games.
0: I agree. Uh, I agree. So, in other words, when it, totally, if the, when the Dallas Cowboys play the New York Giants, we're taking the over. <laughs> the over <50. laughs> like we, Yeah, like like we normally uh, have in the past. They always play that first game of the year, too, right? Normally, that's that's the opener for both teams.
2: Yeah, they they, they gave the Sunday night opener a lot, right? They were always on the Sunday night. It was got to be annoying after a while. Uh, I don't know if they'll do that again this year. I'm just curious. Oh, no, no, else. no. The
0: Giants are not the Sunday nighter this year. I'll tell you that much.
2: <laughs> well, I, you never – I mean, Dallas is a draw, so, yeah, yeah,
0: but you're not, the Dallas Cowboys are a draw, but, you know, look, you have the Chiefs, and I don't know if they're doing Thursday nighters anymore, they probably will, um, you know, they're doing the, the Chiefs, the, the national television team, trendy team this year is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, yes. Right, oh. with Tom Brady, that's that, they're going to be on national television like Cleveland were last year, like all the time, and it's tough on teams, puts a target on your back.
2: Put the target on your back, but it's also your, – you're your out of your rotation, right? Out of your what your, your routine. Because now you have all those night games. You might play Monday. I don't think – they'll only have one Thursday, maybe two Thursdays at You know, home. this
0: year might be a little different just because the routine might be different, right? Like, they might be playing – you know, there's talk – if college football doesn't play, there's talk of them playing, Saturday. like, three games every Saturday. Good. Not a full slate, but three, like one thirty, four thirty, eight thirty 30 type thing.
2: I'm for that. I mean, once again, there's no college football. Why, why would the NFL do that? There's nothing else to watch, you know. especially if the NFL starts late. You're looking at January, February regular season games. So, yeah, I'm all for that.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing, right? I, I'm pretty much a firm believer in this. I do believe that the National Football League will play,
2: but I'm also a firm believer that they're going to start in October,
0: if not later.
2: I agree with you. Uh, we've heard October 15th. I think listen, I think the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, MLS, I think they're all going to try somewhere in July. I think they're going to try. They think they're going to have problems. You know, for whatever, maybe the disease, the pandemic is not away yet. People get sick. What do you do when your players get sick? The NFL will learn from this. They're going to have their issues too. As you well know, a lot of people predict this is going to come back when the weather gets cold. And that's the NFL. But I think they're going to have rules in place that, hey. A good point. Such is life. Deal with it. You know, they might expand the roster. Well, a that's bit, the thing.
0: If Bill Belichick gets sick, he has to be gone for two weeks. So be it. You can't shut the league down, right? That's the thing. Like with the NBA, they were trying to explain that to everybody that if we're if we're sort of quarantined and somebody gets it, they're out, and we can't stop it, right? We're not. We can't just start the playoffs and stop it. Now the Korean baseball league has had a lot of man. They've been doing this for about a month, George, and they're finally they're they're ready to play now. Uh, but it took a lot of work. I was reading Peter Kane. the National Football League needs about 200,000 tests, man. It's a lot of tests. Like, we're not there yet. But as you stated, the NFL has a benefit of time that they can learn from other leagues and other, other athletes and doctors, et cetera. Plus, things will change, you know, six months from now, et cetera. Listen, we've said it before. Uh, there's been talk that, you no, know, no, November, Thanksgiving is actually realistic, I know the San Francisco 49ers basically said we don't think we can have games in our stadium until Thanksgiving. So now there's talk, well, can you really make the Niners play on the road for four weeks, five weeks in a row? And and the new thing is, George, can it be interesting? They're gonna have to accept competitive imbalances, bro. It's right. gonna be one of these things that it's like, yeah, that's not really fair, man. We have to play here. Well. Sorry, MetLife's not open right now, so you guys don't have a choice. You're playing on the road like five out of the first seven weeks. That's the way it is.
2: You know what? Yeah, I think you'll hear owners complain a little bit publicly, but in the end, they want their money, right? And this may yeah. be the only way to get a full season in is to have, uh, hey, you may get screwed a little bit. Listen, as for the 49ers, <laughs> did
0: the Buc- hey, look, the Bucks got screwed
2: last year. They didn't play right. out for two the months. The played like four to six weeks away from Tampa Bay? So I don't think Same anyone's going the Raiders. Right. If you got to go away for a month, you got to go away for a month. That's just the way it is. You're, you're got to make up those home games eventually at the end of the season. And I would think you might like it better at the end of the season to be at home. Yeah. There was
0: talk about if they tentatively start – they're releasing the schedule as is, but really they kind of know October 8th, October – you just mentioned October 13th-ish is sort of a date that I've heard quite routinely. And they were talking about joining the schedule in progress – So they would just jump in in week five type thing. So the schedule would be joined in progress in week five, and then after they go through five through 16 with
2: no bye weeks, they would play one through four, that schedule.
0: Yeah, so they would get those games in after the
2: fact. Listen, football's got an advantage. you mentioned, they have the advantage of time. Plus, they can play until, really, February, March. They go to April if they had to. Go ahead. Why not? Play until the draft. I don't care.
0: Why not? Like you said, there's no... They were, they were saying, like oh, the Super Bowl would be uh, February 28th. What difference does it make if it's February 28th or March 12th? Who cares? None. Right? Then get into March Madness, I guess, and stuff. So I guess that's, you know, hey, we're in a new new frontier, but I do believe there'll be football. Always good talking football. George Kirk, thanks for joining us. Anytime, Gabe sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com game time decisions continues i am jabel morenci i'm on the grid and so is kevin walsh sb nation radio the loudest station in the nation as Kevin steps up and in from Archie Bunker's basement. Uh, Cam Stewart, of course, um, is very envious, loves the paneling. And, in fact, um, you know, when travel is allowed again, I think you might have a visitor, Cam Stewart.
3: He, he's going to be welcomed with open arms. I showed the video, the clip of you guys talking about it uh, after the draft, and my dad's smiling ear to ear. He's like, yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. I got to get those guys over here. So I'm, I'm telling you, there's going to be a day. I yeah, know, we drink and a lot.
2: we come over. Well, we're going to drink a lot.
3: I'm going to get in from, like, working, like, a weekend college football Saturday. they going to be like, yeah, Gabe's off this weekend. I'm going to be like, why? And I'm going to get home. It's gonna be you, Cam, and my dad down here in the basement, just getting after. Maybe Michigan, Notre Dame, when they play.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't know. I think uh, we were on the schedule. I think you guys were scared, weren't you? I think wasn't the last time where we're playing for a little I, I while. I don't know
3: about that. I know. I know Notre Dame was trying to get over to Ireland uh, this season, which is not that's happening. that's the season opener.
0: That that's that's the planned uh, season opener uh, in Ireland. And yeah, I just I don't I don't see how that's gonna happen either. Um, that's, you know, that's sp- supposed to take place Saturday, August the 29th in Dublin, mm. uh, in Dublin, Notre Dame currently right now, if you want to get a number in 16 and a half beat that hook before 17, Kevin, <laughs> It's 16, <laughs> <Hit> 16. <laughs> it's a lot of points. I'll be taking Navy. I'll tell you that much. So yeah, it's that's, something... a lot
3: of, that's a lot of points overseas. You know what I mean? We don't know how the legs are going to be treating the kids out there. I wouldn't be trying to lay that overseas. You know, this
0: next game might actually happen. In Arizona, they 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 don't think anything's wrong. So, <laughs> Hawaii and Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Hawaii's at Arizona. Hawaii getting 10.5 points in that football game, Saturday, August the 29th. So, we had George uh, Kurtz on. He's a Cowboy fan. You're an Eagles fan. This this uh, NFC East is getting uh, interesting. I asked him if he thought that it was too soon to have the Giants competing in this division uh, right now. But you look at a quarterback situation... And we talked, obviously, last week, as everybody did, about Jalen Hurts being mm-hmm. added to the Philadelphia Eagle rotation. And uh, now uh, now Andy Dalton's a Dallas Cowboy. What did you think of uh, the signing?
3: So, uh, you know, I'd be a real hypocrite if I praised the Eagles for valuing a backup quarterback and then took a shot at Dallas for bringing in Dalton. Honestly, it should be the perfect scenario because Dalton is a quarterback with playoff experience he's had you know his moments where he's played at a high level but there's also a clear pecking order he's not as good as Dak Prescott and there really shouldn't be a debate there the concern and I don't know if George alluded to this but he's smart so he's probably at the minimum aware of it is it's the Cowboys and it's Jerry Jones and they'll find a way to start against Dak like they'll just they'll find a way like Dak last year put up great numbers and I'm not really expecting with them adding C.D. Lamb anything other than that. But it only takes one bad start for them to be like, well, you know, Dalton is a capable and, and quarterback. And remember, McCarthy's not his guy, right? I yeah. doesn't even know him. Exactly. I mean, and you know, it's also if Dak goes out there and has a great season, right? So and let's he, just know,
0: let's he, just start the rumor now: Aaron Rodgers reunites <laughs> with Mike McCarthy
3: in Dallas. That would be some indictment of Matt LaFleur. If he hates LaFleur enough to go back to McCarthy after all that talk. But you know what? I mean, it, oh, nah, plus, you think Jerry would probably, like, fire McCarthy to bring Rogers. Jerry, <laughs> one of these seasons, they're going to let Jerry really go. N- I mean, and I know they, like, he makes the decisions now. But there's still a level of tameness to what you'd have to think, like, if they really, really let him get after it.
0: So this this division is interesting with the quarterbacks. Carson, uh, Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. Uh, now you've got Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton. You look at the New York Giants. I figured the Giants, like, really did need. Um, look, Kyle Oletta kind of put himself in a bad spot um, when he took off from the cops, right outside my window, actually. It happened right up the street for me. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't drunk, fortunately. He wasn't drunk, right. but he was going to be late for practice, and... There's always traffic and there's always cops. No, you can't go on this. You know, you got to turn here. And they, they stop you from going places. And he said, screw it. He kind of went through and, you know, they chased them and it was all nine yards. You know, he's in the, the one
3: who ended the Ryan Nassib dream, right? The yes. Syracuse dude. My yeah. brother was always praying. One of them, the youngest one was like, Ryan Nassib takes right over for Eli, Syracuse guy, no problem.
0: Yeah, I knew NASA wasn't going to be good in the NFL when uh, Doug Marone didn't want any part of him in Buffalo when he was his coach <laughs> at Syracuse. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. But, you know, one thing that's interesting about the National Football League, and very similar, I thought of this because of the draft, and I bring this up all the time as far as trades. And remember, when um, when the Khalil Mack deal was done, people were like, what the hell are the Raiders doing? Gruden's, like, acting like Gruden. He's crazy. He's trading the talent. Oh, he's going to rebuild. But they bring Mayock in, and it looks like they have a pretty good partnership going on right now. And just to catch up with the deal a little bit right now, so Chicago traded the first and sixth round picks in 2019 and the first and third-round picks in 2020 for Khalil Mack for a second and a seventh-round pick in 2020. So uh, the Chicago uh, Bears got Khalil Mack, your boy, Cole Komet, Notre Dame.
3: Irish. I love Cole Komet.
0: Uh, Canadian boy, good, tough Canadian kid. There you go. Uh, Cole Komet at of British Columbia. And uh, Arlington Hambright. So that's what they end up with. Khalil Mack, Cole Komet, Arlington Hambright. The Raiders end up with Josh Jacobs. Taken, like so this is what they end up with. Josh Jacobs, tight end Foster Moreau, um, Damon Arnett, cornerback. And the kid out of South Carolina, Brian Edwards. Mm. When you look at how good Josh Jacobs is, and you look at the depth that they added here, it's not such a crazy deal now. Plus, and also, Khalil Mack makes a lot of money.
3: So the thing is, the Bears make that deal 10 times out of 10 because of what they had that one season. They were, honestly, statistically, a historically great defense in terms of single-season production. And Khalil Mack was out of this world. And Vic Fangio had that defense rolling uh, and clicking on all cylinders. Now, unfortunately for them, they ran into Nick Foles in the playoffs, and that's just not a sight that anybody wants to see. (laughs) Now, it it, it more so obviously has to do with the fact that the Trubisky disaster has been the case and what's really going to define this team. But that Khalil Mack trade worked out for them the way they needed it to. The Oakland side of things. So you could argue it,
0: it worked out for both teams.
3: Yeah, I think that's the thing. And and really, you know, some people felt like the R net pick was a reach at nineteen. They felt like there was better corner talent on the board. Ultimately we'll see how it plays out. I think, regardless, right, because even some people won't like Josh Jacobs in terms of taking a running back in the first round. Regardless, they got a good enough return where they were in the position to take good talent. Now you obviously have to take the right players and the right pieces, but they were in a, they got themselves in a good enough spot. And I think the Bears were probably better. Uh, than people expected when they got Khalil Mack, but yeah, I think overall both sides should come away happy with what the what the end result was.
0: Yeah, it's just interesting to catch up and uh, and see uh, what uh, what happened uh, with uh, you know in the end. What did the players end up with after the uh, the draft yeah, sure. picks? So uh, UFC is back, and we have NASCAR coming back. You bet on NASCAR much uh, in the past?
3: I haven't, I've not been uh, much on NASCAR, but I've had the pleasure of listening to Sean Engel talk NASCAR. And it's one of those things that like, you know, I mean, Sean's great, right? The producer. But you give him the mic and you ask him anything about NASCAR in the world and he's got it. Like, no problem. And it's one yeah, of my NASCAR favorite
0: NASCAR DFS is back. You're right. And uh, I wasn't even thinking from the DFS aspect. NASCAR DFS, a lot of fun. Yes, yeah, Scott and uh, Sean Engel both. Um, great, great. They do, they do a podcast, uh, together Thank and, you. uh, and talk, uh, talk NASCAR. Uh, but we have NASCAR, uh, we have NASCAR coming back, but of course the UFC and we've been yeah. pretty UFC heavy on this show and there's so many good fights on this card, uh, actually. So where are you standing right now with Gaethje and, uh, Tony Ferguson? Gaethje accepted the fight on short notice. It was supposed to be April 18th yeah. and, uh, rescheduled for Jacksonville. No fans. Right now, Tony Ferguson's minus 178. Gaethje's plus 150.
3: So one of the interesting things is, I because I remember the fight, because it was one of those, like, you can't forget him, uh, when Tony had to take Lando on short uh short Lando Bonata, yeah. Yes. And, I mean, Lando was, like, was, was really, like, connected. And, and it was kind of one of those things where you're like, man, this guy might be a future star. Now, I don't think it really panned out that way, but it kind of is something that stuck with me, and as I like you know, we get excited for these fights, and I talk to my brothers, I've told you many times, they're both much bigger UFC fans than me, and they know the sport very, very well. Um, and that was one of the things that kind of came up, is just Tony on short notice, is he the same? The thing is, like, going up against a guy as dangerous as Tony Ferguson on short notice is just not something that I would ever wish on anyone. And I know, Ga- and I know Gaethje is a monster, and that's kind of one of the exciting things about just how much this fight should deliver because a lot of times you get fights where you're expecting them to deliver and they don't right like the nganu fight uh against uh Derek lewis i think it was and it was supposed to be this crazy brawl and then they stood there the whole time this is one that will deliver ultimately though i just think ferguson training more will be a bit sharper especially with the uncertainty of everything i just feel like a guy who's kind of been plugged into this a little bit longer in ferguson is where i would have to lean
0: it's a fun fight card As you stated, most of these fights should deliver from an entertainment and a violent standpoint, right? Like, Gaethje is a very aggressive fighter. 18 of his 21 wins are via knockout. We talked about Ferguson. Ferguson stops people as well. And Ferguson hasn't lost a fight since 2012. Uh, Henry Cejudo has got dangerous hands right now. Dominic Cruz, though, Dominic Cruz overs used to be free money. (laughs) <laughs> right, I find a Dominic Cruz fight going a distance because he's very smart. He keeps his distance. Yeah. And we'll be looking at the over uh, in this fight. Uh, Cowboy Cerrone and Anthony Pettis will be – will be. Uh, I like Pettis to win that fight a lot. That's going uh, to be one of my bets uh, this week. But Calvin Kadar and uh, Jeremy Stevens. Mm-hmm. Stevens is an old school, just wants to stand and bang. And Calvin likes to stand and bang as well. There's going to be a lot of blood spilt uh, in a cage uh, Saturday in Jacksonville.
3: Yeah, and Stevens, though, is a one-trick pony might sound rude to even talk about any of these fighters like this but he's, he's going in there and he's looking for the knockout And if I'm not mistaken Calvin's never been KO'd and he's just a better fighter at this point in his career and the one thing I will say about the UFC for those who haven't bet it before is you know it's obviously a lot different than when you're you know betting your NFL Sunday there's not a spread you're betting all money lines and you know your favorites are, are priced accordingly but that's where you have to get creative uh, with your parlays and you have to find even if your two favorites are Calvin Cater and, and Verdum then you have to be you have to be willing to put those in a parlay together if you don't want to lay it separately.
0: Uh, Captain Click is going to be back. <laughs> uh, Cap- Cap- Captain Click's going to be cooking away. away.
3: I mean, I'm I'm excited for it, man. It's 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 one of those things. I mean, I, you know, we've talked about a bunch of times together, just kind of how normal uh, WrestleMania Sunday felt and Saturday and even how kind of normal it felt when we had the draft. Like, you know the UFCs are a big thing here down in the in the bunker. It, you know, there's usually it's a packed basement. Everybody has a friends over. We've got the pay per views up. Um, obviously, it's going to be a lot different, but the excitement level is still going to be there. And one of the things that always marks a big UFC event: my two brothers planning out their dinner at least a week ahead, and the conversations <laughs> have begun. The, the, what what they, the order is going to be. Sense of oh,
0: normalcy. And I'll tell you yeah. what: there's a card on Saturday, Wednesday, and Saturday. So there's three They're cards going- in a row.
3: What's up with Dana White coming after the Wednesday Night Wars? AEW versus NXT. And he pulls UFC in there.
0: What's yeah, that about? And you know what? Now there's actually, exactly. It's going to be like mind-numbing when there's multiple sports out at once. It's going to be like Overload. Oh, my God. There's two or three events on. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, we've only got a minute left here, but I do want to give a shout-out to Chris Jericho and the crew uh, for entertaining us uh, through the, uh, the lockdown. I'm a big, big fan of the Bubbly Bunch. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the weekly hit that they're doing—great, uh, yeah. great stuff on a weekly basis. I wanted to do my own. Uh, what was it called? The uh, the film flam dance. Yes. I, think yes. I, I was going to yes. do my own.
3: Huh? Uh, yeah. You should have. We should have had a sports grid one. I'd love to see Cam Stewart bust out a couple of moves. Yeah, yeah,
0: like a I, 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 I shout out that tribute to uh, to Chris Jericho. He's a great guy. But it's right. funny. We talk about it. Um, without fans,
3: they thrive
0: because just the entertainment factor, right? It's very old school indie wrestling, but. They just sort of understand what wrestling fans like and want. They're doing a good job with it. The Bubbly Bunch is uh, real fun, uh, but you know it'll also be fun to watch people punch each other in the face for money uh, as well with the UFC. Back, great stuff as always with Kevin Walsh can't will return. We'll get to a couple of questions in the day. Game time since continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid.
2: SportsGrid.com.
0: Get on the grid, a sports grid, I am Arenci, I'm on the grid, and so is the Raging Redhead. Cam Stores back to say goodbye uh, to everybody. I want to squeeze a couple of questions of the day in. Uh, a, a loyal listener, our main man Pete, a Buffalo Bill fan, big fan of uh, Pete, says, uh, Cam, what's the uh, thing you're most looking forward to getting out in the, uh, the backyard and barbecuing uh, this summer? Funny you mentioned that, Pete. I actually went and got some big,
1: thicky, uh, juicy burgers the other day. I got some steaks uh, on sale thawing in the fridge right now. Uh, Some crab cakes on the side for my girlfriend. I'm going to have a big, big feast tonight. I'll tell you, Gabe, big, thick steaks. Got the barbecue going, Pete. Come on over,
0: if you're in the area, you can smell the smoke. It's a two for one for Pete. (laughs) Uh, He says, normally there's a team that goes from worst to first in the National Football League, and it's true. Last year, it didn't happen, actually, where it was, it was one of those deals where um, it, it worst to first. It always happens, too. It's, it's been surprisingly often. Who are you looking at? Who's going to be an upstart team? Some people think Arizona's got that chance. I'm not so sure they're ready to win that division yet. Are you? No, they're not ready to win the division. It's still San Francisco d- division.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if they battled Seattle and maybe overtook uh, the Seahawks for second, even though the Seahawks aren't getting any respect. I'm not going to say Tampa Bay with the hype game, but no. listen to this one. How about Cleveland? The year everyone hyped them up, the year they come back, That's the thing, I've always noticed with sports, the one year you have everyone going loving them, now they're off the train, get back on the train, and Baker Mayfield improves, uh, that offensive line needs to work a little bit better, but they still have weapons, and that division, they're aging, say Big Ben gets hurt, things can happen there. Give me the Cleveland Browns, actually, uh, going a little bit of a different direction, buddy. I'll tell you what, they're
0: freaking stacked, the Browns. And don't forget, Freddie Freddie Kitchens didn't know what he was doing as a head coach. (laughs) Yes. Now they've got the guy coming in from Minnesota, we'll see what he can put together uh, there. If you look, and you know, we don't have a lot of time. It's a good question. though. The Dolphins, you know, probably be not. Although they're going to be competitive. Um, the Browns weren't a last place team, though. The Bengals were yeah. a last place team. But I hear what you're saying. As far yeah. as an upstart, I don't think. I think the Jags are going to be the worst team in the league. They were yeah. a last place team. You know what, guys? The Chargers were a last place team. Five and eleven. Wow. They'll come. Yeah. They'll come second in that division to KC. You no. know, I you have to say, listen, the Detroit Lions, I don't know if everything can come together from Matt pitch or shut. He's got a good roster. I've actually got to say Arizona. I'm going to say Arizona. If I had to pick one team, I'll say Arizona or the Chargers are the best uh, candidates uh, to go uh, from worst uh, to first. But uh, great stuff as always, uh, Cam. May the winners uh, be yours. And yours. Um, crush it at the track, my man.